0: welcome to grateful scripts and i'm your host lindsay paulson join us as we dive in each week to talk healing adulting and resources from trauma life and just showing up for one another together we're going to learn everything our parents forgot to teach us in a community of grace and humility Grab the coziest blanket you have some snacks snuggle up and be ready to digest the best script that anyone can prescribe This is The Grateful Script. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Grateful Scripts. Um, My name is Lindsay Paulson, and I'm so glad to have you guys here again for Episode 2. I was actually really surprised and blown away by the people who reached out about the podcast. I'd been wanting to do it for a while, but I'm basically a chicken and the thought of my face on a podcast kind of made me want to throw up. So I called my emotional support friend, Sarah, and said, what do I do? She said go ahead and do it. And then I posted it and then just put my phone down and refused to look at anything. So thank you so much for listening and kind of giving your feedback and Just your enthusiasm, because I was really appreciative of all of it. I've had a bunch of people reach out to and say, I want an episode. I want an episode. So it'll be definitely an interesting transition. So we'll have some more episodes coming up and recorded. But for today, I am very excited to introduce you to my little sister, Kenzie. She is here to kind of talk about her mental health journey. So, McKenzie, say hi so just to give you a little bit of feedback about everything we are actually um testing out the new microphones and i am sitting in the closet and my sister is talking to to herself in my kitchen by herself so let us know how that sounds because there's there's a lot of effort that went into this um (laughs) But for those of you who don't live in the small town of Kentucky, where everyone knows everybody, Kenzie, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: So my name is Kenzie. I'm about to be 27. That math is debatable. What? I said that math is debatable, but go ahead. Literally turning 27 next weekend. Um... I work for the city. Um, I have a amazing boyfriend.
0: I a have cool a cool sister.
1: A cool sister. Some wild children for nieces and nephew. And um, I guess
0: we're just gonna not talk about our parents because they both threatened us within two inches of our lives if we speak of them. So,
1: yeah, I was trying to avoid them. Yes, yeah, so. I love them. I love them dearly. I just I'm fear for my life.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll bring on our father who wants to do a sports episode because he's going to soar us straight to fame. So his words, not ours. So <laughs> stay tuned for that little that little Jimmy Jam. But um, yeah, for those who don't know your story, um, can you tell everybody when you first? kind of noticed things being off or kind of started feeling different. I know you had gone away to college and you were at Moorhead and then we got a call randomly about like your seizures and things like that. So just kind of fill in people a little bit of the backstory with that.
1: Yeah. So it actually started a little bit before college in high school. I noticed I wasn't really myself. I could be around my friends, but I wasn't exactly like happiest. I'd rather be in bed, which I mean, that's normal for me anyways, but it was more extreme at that point. Um, I didn't really want to do anything. And then I went away to college. And when you go to college at 17, <laughs> fun Thanks, fact, Mom. fun fact, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it because you're, Personally, I don't think I was prepared. I wish I was, but I was still a baby, and I was like, yay, freedom. Um, So I went there, had a lot of fun, got to meet a lot of amazing people. But then I started getting worse mentally. And then after, I want to say it was like November-ish, that's when the first seizure happened. And I went to the ER. And this is the this is the fun experience. When I was there, the doctor actually told me that I was faking it. Oh, that's that's sweet. I love I love a good fake mental seizure. Yeah, so I was faking it. And then he even told mom I was faking it. And mom was like, Okay, whatever. So I thought, okay, so this just happened. It's not gonna happen again. Look, progressively got worse and worse until actually called our grandma and i was like i don't know what to do and it was like nine o'clock at night so she grabbed mom and they came and picked me up and took me all the way to the hospital they took me to uk and that's where i was diagnosed with my fun
0: so can you explain just a little bit as far as what the actual like diagnosis was like cuz I've seen you have a seizure but it's it's similar but not 100% with like people who have on full on epilepsy so
1: can you tell people yeah. kind of what you felt you were experiencing So it started off with me like I can I can honestly tell when one is coming about which most people with epilepsy can, not like I start feeling weird, I zone out, and it's like I have no control over my body. Um, and I forgot what, they call them non-epileptic seizures. So basically, anytime I get super stressed, super anxious, or even sick, my body decides the best way to handle it is to have a seizure. It doesn't, kind. yeah, so it's kind of like a, mental thing and I have no control over it I wish I did or because I just be like "Mm, I'm done but it's literally like I reach a certain max that my body just can't take anymore and it's like this is how I'm gonna cope with it and that's what happens yeah and actually
0: I mean I wouldn't wish that upon anybody but you're the first person that i obviously, have ever met with that situation. I only know one other friend that actually has been impacted by seizures, and it's definitely scary. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, because I guess my biggest thing was as, like, a family member to somebody who's going through this, how those seizures, like, impacted you while you were trying to become, like, you're still growing up, and you're still diving into becoming a young adult. And guess what? When you have a seizure, you can't drive. So there goes one freedom. Can you talk a little bit about how it kind of impacted you while you were still learning to adult per se?
1: Yeah. So when they first started, obviously I couldn't drive. I couldn't really do anything. And it made things difficult because obviously I was a college student. I ended up having to drop out of Moorhead. And ended up back at EKU Go because Cardinals. of yep because <laughs> because of all of it. It's that way. Like I and I lost kind of my freedom that I had in Moorhead, which ultimately was the best decision because then I was able to like get back to myself, and I wasn't as anxious and I wasn't as stressed. Well, I was stressed out because I was a college student, but. I was an ass just trying to like survive by myself. Um, i th- obviously, I couldn't drive to class. There was one time when I was in class at EKU and I actually had one, and it just it was an explosion because there's I know there's nothing anyone can do about them, so they ended up calling the cops, and they tried to call an ambulance, and I was like, "Please don't call an ambulance. It's not gonna yeah. help. yeah, y'all are just made you're you're spending my money.
0: Yeah, ambulances are not, not a cheap expense.
1: No, so it was definitely hard. And then there was the worry, obviously, about thing our tiniest or our biggest tiniest human, her being around all of it. Cause I was like, is this gonna freak her out to where she doesn't want to be around her aunt? Turns out she just copied the noises I make. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my child. Um, yeah, no, the first time she ever did it, I I died laughing. I was like, she just mocked me, but that's fine. Yeah,
0: well, you know, us, us Balsam clan, we get a <laughs> weird sense of dark humor. Some would say that's how we cope. <laughs> so, and I can't even comment on that because those who know my oldest child are going to be like, yeah, that, that checks out for
1: sure. Oh, yeah. Um. So- I mean, it definitely had a big impact, and I think that also affected me mentally into where I, like, was depressed because I couldn't do as much, and I was, and, like, so it kind of just obviously fed into the seizures, and then eventually I was able to, like, balance everything out, but before that. Yeah, it's kind of a a darned-if-you-do-darned-if-you-don't
0: situation. Yeah. Um, um, tell me a little bit about how it impacted. I know one thing that I worried about, which, I mean, I'm sure you're like, yeah, hello, I'm living it. Um, <laughs> is you
1: in the workforce? Um, I That was actually a really hard thing. So I worked at one of the grocery stores. And when I did, I started having them at work. Well, of course, they sent me home. Because you can't have a cashier who's seizing on the floor. Um, But eventually, I had to just quit my job and wait till everything calmed down again before I could actually, like, keep on working. Did you feel, and I've never asked you this,
0: to be honest, but, like, did you feel, and we won't name drop any names because our hometown ain't that big. But did you feel like there was any ridicule or kind of pushback from that grocery store? Or do you feel did you feel like they kind of handled that situation the best that they could?
1: I think they handled the situation the best that they could. Honestly, they didn't make me quit. I chose that decision for myself because I wasn't able to work like I needed to. I couldn't get to and from work at that point. So in my best interest, I knew just to go ahead and like Leave the situation, but when I was having them, they were great. They got, they wouldn't let me actually walk out of the grocery store. They would push me in a wheelchair if I needed it. They gave me, they would go and run and grab me water. They would take care of me the best that they could in that time until someone was able to come and actually pick me up and get me home. Well, now can we tell who it is? Because that's really dang nice. <laughs> This is when I worked at Meyer. They did yeah. great.
0: <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to blast them if they like were really terrible to you behind the scenes. But also I think like real ne- Re- real needs to recognize real, like shout out to the Richmond Meyer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, Everyone they, knows where we live anyways, but that's, that's pretty great. All things considered. Cause that's kind of hard to yeah. find that kind of support when you work from like under a corporate
1: office, I guess. So yeah, you know. I will say my managers there, they were amazing. They took care of me. They made sure I didn't hit my head. Like once I told them everything to do for my situation, they took that and they did exactly what I would need in that time. And they were able to help me get through them and get me home safely and all of it. So I, I will say I, pre- I appreciated them a lot. And I hated that I had to leave. But at the same time, I knew it was probably best for me, because I wasn't going to be able to keep up my hours like I needed. Well,
0: I think Meyer just earned a new fan. I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, Krogs is a lot <laughs> closer to my house, but shout out to Meyer. Okay. Yeah, they did great.
1: I will give them props for helping take care of me. Oh, we should send them a card. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> but, could, but I don't know if any of them still work there that helped me out. So.
0: Oh, well, we need to find these folks. That's great. Um. <laughs> Okay, so tell me a little bit about kind of the pivot and how things impacted you. I know that one of the things about this podcast is that we were talking about resources to provide Mm -hmm. to people. Um, Tell me about pivoting and your mental health journey and kind of what happened as well as what led to some, some inpatient
1: treatment things that you experienced. So... Obviously, I suffer from mental health. Like, that's no surprise. People, everyone who knows me knows that I do. So, the thing that led me to go into mental or inpatient treatment center was the fact that I reached my lowest point. And at that point, I, I did not want to actually continue with life. And I knew I needed to get help. So, um my therapist best therapist in the world by the way she uh sent me to the e r where they actually admitted me into the trillium center um there's a l- i was nervous about it when i first went i was young i was when this happened i was twenty one so yeah, not exactly what you think you're gonna be doing at the ripe age of twenty one no not not at all. And um, obviously at that point I didn't know anything about inpatient, and so most people all they know about it is like the what you see in movies and TV shows, and that makes it seem like the world's craziest place. So of course I was terrified. I was like, I don't want to go. I called mom crying all the every single day because I was terrified.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: well that's like a lot, and I mean like twenty one, you're you're still growing and learning and like my mind I was still a baby and I was like I can't do this
0: ma'am I am 34 and I am still a (laughs) child like I don't know why my mother does not offer to help pay my bills like I am we are all the all the youthfulness over here so yeah 21 you think you know a lot but you don't know you don't know this was an explicit episode you would know what I'm saying you don't know ish about ish at 21
1: no and, like, you think you're an adult when you hit 21. I'm like, I was far from an adult. So, yeah, so how did that kind of, what all did you experience? So I've actually been there a few, few times. And each time, the general gist of it is you go and they have, like, one-on-one therapy with the therapist and the psychiatrist. And then they have, like, a group therapy every day. Um, the rest of it is more like, this is going to sound really weird, but you just kind of like hanging out. And when you're hanging out, you make friends in that situation. Friends you know you're never going to see again. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, who else are you going to talk to? Yeah. So it's like you made these friends and you guys start t- like sharing your stories with each other. And it actually helps you cope. Because you realize that you're not alone in that situation. Um, And I think, like, group therapies help with that. But sometimes when you're in a group therapy, you're like, I don't want to say anything from these people. So once you, like, are with them one-on-one, it kind of helps more. So you kind of, like, build a community while you're there. Even though you know these people are going to be leaving or you're going to be leaving. You're never going to hear from them again. (laughs) Yeah. Um... I will. And then, of course, you sleep. They give you your medication um, on a timely manner. Basically, keep track of what you're eating to make sure you are taking care of yourself. So, overall, it's like, it's a really good place to go. Um, I know most people are afraid of it. I've actually had friends before ask me when I've what it was like when I was in there cuz they were thinking about going themselves like going to inpatient treatment themselves and I was like I recommend it I was like there's like I said it's terrifying when you go and I hate to say it but the more I <laughs> a couple times I went I was like this is the best place for me to be at this time because I was safe mom knew I was safe so she was thankful for that cuz when it's just me anything could have happened during those time periods. Yeah. And like, imagine, I just get people thinking like, how scary
0: do you have to feel or like how like emotional and just to reach out even to a friend and be like, hey, I know that you went through this, but you know, what do you think about it? Like that, that even has to be brave to provide like you have to be brave to provide that advice to them and feel confident enough yeah. in your story to kind of even give them that little tidbit of hey this is what it was like i recommend i felt you know x y and z after i got out like that's that alone speaks volumes from where you came at the age of 21
1: yeah cuz back then i didn't want anyone to know what happened to me and now I, like i will openly Talk about like if people have questions, I have no problem answering them. I try to be there as open as possible. So like I know I'm not the only one who goes through it. And yeah, at first I wanted to hide it and I was ashamed of everything. Because it's like some people are like mental health is like no one believes in bad mental health, but now that's more open. It's like, yeah, here, listen to me, listen to my story, I'll be there for you if you need me. Like I don't even have to know you and you can come up and be like, hey. Well, let's I let's, let's not really encourage
0: crazy. all of God's strangers to come talk to you, but maybe like a handful that already know you would be great.
1: Well, no, but I mean, like, say it's someone that I knew and we just hadn't talked in a long time. I would be willing to help them out if they needed me. I'm not saying don't have some stranger come up to me on the street and be like, "Hey, you want to talk?" <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not the man at Meyer, but yes, no, that's
0: that's a really. Obviously, like it was a struggle to watch you or hear about you going through that, but it's yeah. great to have that knowledge as far as your experience goes, and knowing that it's a lot different than what the media and all of that spins it to be.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a lot different than the media, and also I just want to say you can't. Kind of, I hate to say it like this, but you also get the best hospital food. I'm just saying. I had like steak tips one time; mm, those were good. Oh, well, that's <laughs> at least a perk. I suppose they're feeding you well, so.
0: Yeah, um, like you need to pick your meals. Ugh. Oh, well, you I say? mean, that's that's a good start. I, I'm always down for a good snack. Most most expensive meal I've ever had,
1: but you know, it's worth it.
0: Well, yeah, they probably charge you 50 grand for it. Um, what do you think kept you pushing forward when you were in there? And what do you think, like, Held you together as far as like things to be grateful for that you were able to see the light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Um, at that time, and you and you know I love you dearly, but at that time it was your oldest child that kept me going. I know everyone always picks her. I'm like, come on,
0: I'm I'm fun too. People like I know that she's great, (laughs) but I'm fun too. Well,
1: if you think about it, me and her have been besties. Since I was 16, so like I wanted to be an influence to her to like show her that you can get through anything that like life throws at you. She was kind of like my motivation. You all always use her against me. That's (laughs) kind (laughs) of she'd always try to bail on us. Let's let's bring that light to that. We got four
0: (laughs) four whole things. She'd always try to bail on like family outings, and I would. uh, She would throw a fit and yeah I'm calling you out and I'd have to text my mom and her and be like, you know, my oldest is going to be devastated that you're not coming. <laughs> like you're going to crush that child's heart. And then yeah. she would always reconsider. But if I wanted her to go, she ain't going nowhere.
1: Well, like I said, I like to be home in my bed in my comfy clothes. Yeah. I mean, have you seen me out in public
0: recently? I'm all about a good comfy vibe, but yeah, I'm telling you comfy clothes Fall
1: weather's coming. It's going to be the best thing in my life.
0: Yes. Well, what is one besides that resource? Do you have just of the inpatient knowledge and things like that? Is there mm-hmm. any other additional resources that you wish you had found out about maybe sooner than later? Um,
1: so when I, of course, when I was younger, I went to therapy and I'm just gonna be honest, I hated my therapist. She was terrible. She never actually listened to me. And of course I was on when I first started, I was under the age of 18. So she could just go and blab to mom about everything if she wanted to. There was no confidentiality at all. So once so what I'm trying to like get at is if you don't work with your first therapist or even your second, just keep trying, because the one that I have now. I don't really see her as much because I'm I'm in such a good headspace mentally. But once you find that one that you can connect with and you do know that helps you, stick with that one because they will make the biggest difference in your life. Like she, the one I have now that I can just call up if I need to make an appointment, she understands me. She knows my history. She knows like a lot about my life and our family. Just a heads up so um, oh, good I really love that <laughs> so like don't give up on trying to do it so the one I go to she's actually at Mindsight Behavioral in Lexington and they do like say you don't want to go into an office because you don't feel comfortable they actually do like telehealth visits so you can have your whole therapy session over a zoom call yeah no
0: that's great um that is like I will tell everyone till I'm blue in the face. Like COVID was stinking awful. Like it was terrible and miserable and I don't want to ever do that again because I was not having a good time. But
1: I mean, I I got COVID, so I'm I'm with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did
0: too. Thanks. Big shout out to my boss on that one. That was a a solid. Everybody just got the COVID. It's like I think my office just rotated it through. It was a good time. Well, mom gave it to me. So. Oh, the, God, she's a peach. Um, but one thing about COVID was, is that everyone learned how to pivot digitally. So to bring yeah. that point back full circle, um, one resource that I have heard really good things and actually used myself is the app Better Health. And so that was one resource that I wanted to kind of Just bring to light for podcast one. So, Better Health is an app that you match with basically an online therapist, and you can do FaceTime, you can do text, chat, Zoom, all of the things. They have different trainings, different copings, different webinars. And so, if you don't have time, which many of us don't, to just take an hour in the middle of the day, drive across town, go sit in an office, have a quick chat, you know, and then go about your day. This is literally on your phone and it's an app and it, I mean, who doesn't sit on their phone half the time through the day anyways, anymore at this point. So you can, I'm not wrong, yeah, and all the scheduling's online. So you're not having yeah. to like go back and look and see, you know, when you could be available when they're not available and having that resource. Um, yeah. Shout out to Instagram for being targeted is that it was easy. And yeah. this person didn't know me. So whatever I said, it's fully confidential. Like they don't know, you know, Jack, Jim and John, they they could care less, but they still had some crucial takeaways when talking to me about some things that I was experiencing that I'm going to think about forever. And it was like just these truth bombs left and right. And I got to use the app and schedule it accordingly. and I will say that's
1: one thing about therapy. They are not afraid to be truthful.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was was just really a lot more convenient. And, you know, I definitely used it, and I would highly recommend it. And I'll put a link in the show notes of, like, where you can sign up or, like, all of that. Just some more details for anybody who would think, like, man, like, just some confidential just somebody I could talk to that doesn't know me that's quick and easy and doesn't require me to get out like an hour of texting that's <laughs> I mean you can do that anywhere so it's just really it was a good app and it's been a great resource when I was using it to kind of process certain things so I used it specifically um, after one of my miscarriages and I kind of just talked and chatted through and you know nobody wants to talk about that with me like nobody wants to to reach out that's not like a fun conversation to have so that was like my way of of talking through that just kind of big emotions and 10 out of 10 would recommend
1: I love I love the feedback 10 out of 10 (laughs) yeah 10 out of 10 um
0: Okay, so because our parents don't want us to talk about them, you absolutely <laughs> stinking know that we go about to talk about these people. Like we about to,
1: I, I I won't name drop you, but you know who you are. I mean, I feel like everyone who knows you and me and watches this podcast know who they are. So it's coming. Yeah, so good luck getting <laughs> out of it.
0: Um, So what is, and this is like a silly question, so this does not have to be serious, because I do fear for my life. Um, (laughs) What is one fun fact of something that you wish you had known about sooner as adulting that
1: you feel like they should have told us? Well, I'm sure there's a lot that I couldn't name because, I mean, like, even like little things. It's like, what in the world is happening? Yeah. Like, that stamps don't change in price.
0: That would have been a good fun fact to know. Like, they they (laughs) are the same price. I remember the first time I called my mom about a stamp, and she made fun of me for like four days. (laughs) I was like, y'all didn't tell me that they just don't fluctuate on the day-to-day? Nobody taught me this. I, like, hand to God, we had the hardest math classes at Model, and I do not thrive in math. And it was horrible. These, but we had one life skills class, and that teacher was absent 50% of the time. <laughs> so I, I mean, don't
1: even think I took the life skills class, to be honest with you.
0: I don't know how. I think it was the only teacher who taught it. But you know what class was available 100% of the time? Juggling. And let me tell you, I <laughs> I still can't do that either. But it was available if I needed it as a resource.
1: I didn't have juggling. I don't no. think that was an option. You didn't have Coach either. Miller.
0: He had juggling on the lock. We were out in the hallway. I don't even know how that became a thing. I think they just at that point had given up with our senior class and was like, "Here, just you know, juggling.
1: That's good class. Like. And figure it out and and kind of move on." Um, I mean, I took like psychology classes in apparent. Apparently, that didn't do me squat. But well. Um,
0: I but that one was else like
1: about school because it was odd. Well, that one was more like history of the psychology. So it didn't really be like, hmm, this is what you should do if something happens. Yeah. And I told Kaden
0: yesterday, I said, I'm going to sit here and talk about how fans, I said, I, nobody ever taught me that fans go one way in the summer and the other way <laughs> in the winter. And her sweet little brain exploded. And I said, yeah, learn about it on the podcast of the things they didn't teach me about. I mean, I didn't know about the fan thing either till you told me. <laughs> yeah, so just a lot of adulting fun facts. But you, in all seriousness, like mental health has become has come a long way, and nobody teaches you about that when you're no. younger. Nobody teaches you about opening up, and that's not even remotely towards our parents. That's just humans it's in, general. Like, in general. Yeah. They it's just like a taboo topic and so it's so hard to communicate and when like people don't want to they feel like they're not going to be heard or that they're going to be embarrassed when they're kind of talking about it and or some people like you say don't even believe
1: in it yeah there's some people who don't even believe in it and that's One of the hardest things I had to come to terms with is that some people didn't believe me that something was wrong. My favorite phrase I would always get is, we'll just get over it and be happy.
0: Oh, okay. Super casual. I'll just go to the mailbox and then come back and that advice will have kicked right in.
1: Yeah, or don't stress like you are or or stop being so worried about everything. Like I can just switch it off. I'm like, okay, I'll go work on that right now. Yeah, it's... That's the... And I will say, the worst advice you can ever give someone who has mental health is being like, don't worry about it. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't like you right now. Please stop.
0: Yeah, it's, I find that comparable to my husband whenever I, like, he sees these horrible things as a firefighter. And I'm like, how do you not just like squalor and just get upset and, you know that's a lot of death and morbidity to be around, and he's like, "Yeah, I just don't think about it. Like I just move on, oh, okay, well, I don't have that quality, so I would be inside out, and that's also you know, I recognize I am who I am, and that's why I didn't go into healthcare, but he's just his yeah. flag is that he is not pressed by anything ever, and I'm over here like, okay, well. I you know am stressed about this random person that I don't even know about who's struggling or I heard a story about somebody, and now I'm stressed for that human yeah. and I've never even met him before, but go on yeah. with your day
1: when I worked at an assisted living facility, my stress level for and I still stress about them like I have to be like are the, how are they doing are they okay but like I had to learn to kind of, at some points, shut my emotions off while I was at work. Because you deal with stre- stru- stressful situations when you're dealing with the elderly. Like when you have to call an ambulance, you have to keep them calm. You. Or when someone passes away, you have to be there to support the rest of the facility and put your emotions on the back burner until you can get home and just release it all. So part of it, it was learning how to like compartmentalize everything while I was at work. And that was a struggle for me because obviously I'm, a, as I like I say, I'm like a tiny ball of anxiety 99% of the time. So I had to learn to like turn it off, do my job, be there when I, where I needed to be, when I needed to be, be the support system for everybody else in that building, and then go home and take care of myself.
0: No, I recognize, I am not, we are not <laughs> the same with that. Like I applaud you and I, you know, I'm grateful for people who can do that, especially in healthcare. I am not yeah. that human. Like y'all find me in a curled up ball on the floor. That's just not, that's why I work in an industry where like, unless it is on actual fire, I I can't be that much in duress about it. <laughs> like, I get yeah. mad, but things will go on. Like it will be figured out. And at the end of the day, knock on wood, hope to Good gracious, nobody has passed away in our in our line of work. So shout out to you for still being able to be in an industry with that high level of stress, knowing kind of
1: where you are as a human and how you cope. But well, the coping came from the therapy because it taught me how to like handle my emotions better, I guess, because I don't know if you remember, (laughs) probably do way back when. I was just a little tiny ball of anger. Yeah, I kind
0: and of I, blocked that out. Maybe that was my coping skill.
1: Yeah, well that's because I didn't know how to deal with the emotions I was feeling inside until everything just kind of exploded out of me. So, yeah. now that I know how to cope and I know how to like process everything better and I'm able to like communicate with people how well communicate 95 percent of the time how i'm feeling with people yeah i'm less angry in life and i'm less like easily snapping and i'm not and i feel like i'm a gen- genuinely happier person but like back then like i said i didn't know how to handle any of it so i came out as anger and we're sisters so obviously you sometimes got the brunt of it so yeah sorry about that
0: well you know I can't imagine which one of our parents we've got that anger quality from. I mean, we won't we won't shout that out on the air, but huh, I wonder. We could <laughs> we could we can point some fingers that genetically, overall, we're just a spicy clan. Just a little I'm, bit of a spicy clan.
1: Maybe a little bit, but you know, it, ke- it keeps things interesting in the family. Yeah, and uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, oh, and- the
0: seasons. Yeah. What is one thing that you want to say, just in general, overall blanket statement, to anyone who is struggling with mental health? And we will kind of wrap it up.
1: Um, don't be afraid to get up. If you need help, reach out to somebody. There's plenty. Like, there's the mind side. There's the, what is it, ask help that you mentioned? better help better help there's i mean i went to baptist health for a while they have an amazing group of people there who are trained just specifically for mental health there's there are places in the community that you can go for like the therapy that you need or if and they and i will say the one thing that i did enjoy is they don't try and like shove medication down your throat like some doctors do they'll give you the option if you want it, but you can, you can say, no, I will say medicine has helped me. It made me chill out in life because I also have ADHD. So, you know, sometimes you just need a little, to just yeah. calm the nerves. But, yeah. Um, I will say that like medicine does help. It's not a negative thing. Therapy does help. It's not a negative thing. If you get to the point where you need to go and just, Get away for a few days. Everyone online calls it a grippy sock vacation. I yeah. I do rec I do recommend them because you will be able to better yourself in that time period. And it's kind of like it's like a mental break from reality to where you can just focus on yourself because you're in a little bubble where you're protected from everything else. Yeah. So go get that help. You need it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I think we all need it. I think we all need a little bit of confidentiality and to just find that person that we feel comfortable talking to. Um,
1: yeah. Even if it's just to like vent to somebody, because sometimes when you vent to like people, you know, you're they're going to go be like, spread it on to somebody else this way. No one can ask what you're venting about. You can just sit there and go on and on about your day and they will listen and they will help you. So I definitely recommend it. Well, thank you for coming to tell everyone about your
0: experience. I no love problem. you. And we will get we'll you out you. of
1: the kitchen. Okay, great. Because it's getting kind of cold in here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, until next week,
0: um, stay tuned for our next guest. Um, it's going to be a doozy, y'all. It's, it's definitely going to be a story that I don't think you're going to want to miss. And if you are following along with who the upcoming guests are, on instagram it is at sign grateful.scripts.com and you will learn soon who next week episode is so kenzie love you thank you so much love you thank you <laughs>